Boys. I'm Dr. Kim Lannon. I'm here with the birthday boy, oh, yeah. Lou Blasi. It's happy birthday to <laughs> you. Want me to do a little Marilyn Monroe for you? Oh, sure. <laughs> happy birthday, Lou. Thank you very much. Is it a is it a big one this year? No. 63. Oh, you're 63? Yeah. yeah. That's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. It's depressing. <laughs> no, your daily game face is about having your best life, which would be 63 is not depressing. It's amazing. Because you don't look like you're 63. Well, not that you. it should look like something, but, you know, some 63-year-olds look like they're 90. Yeah. And you look, you know, like you're in your 40s. Well, thank, well, thank you. That's Yeah. That's a very so, kind lie right there. It is. Oh. <laughs> so, so um, and then I could pick at you because, you know, you're in a mood this morning. I'm not in a mood. I'm just trying to get everything to work. Well, technical difficulties seem to be the theme. Yeah. As of late. No cameras working. My seat was too high. Your seat was too high. <laughs> That's what you said. I was not in frame. No, I just... Right? Or it, mics weren't working. That wasn't a technical difficulty. That's just adjusting the cameras like we always why have to I, do. Why did I need to flip you off this morning? It <laughs> should flip me off on my birthday. <laughs> yep. I, that was my first time on your 63rd birthday. I actually I forget. The there there were so many opportunities window. for you to do it. I forget which one you picked. I know. But it was a good one. It was perfectly timed. It was like natural that my finger just came up and... That was it. Yep. That was my response. Yep. <laughs> my happy birthday finger. Yes, right. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, good morning to everyone and welcome to the show. And we have, I have a lot to talk about today for a variety of reasons. One, it's your birthday. So I'm going to keep mentioning, Lou, it's your birthday. <laughs> and because it's just fun to do that. And I think it's special when it's your birthday because you should celebrate your life and wonderful things. In, in the fact that, you know, my 46-year-old friend passed away two weeks ago today yeah. and, um, you know, last week. You had the show. We had the show early, um, but you know people should celebrate their lives and do good things and healthy things. And I had great response from doing that men's show last week. Oh, really? The first time I really focused on you know men as a as a health you know issue, and um, I had lots of feedback uh, throughout the week in a variety of different venues and environments and etc so um excellent i will i will definitely revisit that in some other ways because um, some men gave me excellent feedback for ideas of things that they were interested in hearing and so on and so forth from the listener pool so i will do that again but thank you all for the great feedback on that and and a couple of people actually went to the doctors and did some other things last week as a as a result of that show so I'm i actually glad. took a couple steps too yep they absolutely did no nope, so. i changed my general practitioner but I had to wait till this week to schedule my appointment because it takes a couple of days for that all to clear. So you did it. Yeah. Yay. Lots of people did different things last week because of that show. So I'm glad it was men. Yeah. So yeah. going against the uh, the grain of the statistics of not going to get assistance. And that we're generally not as on top of our health care as women are. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm very, I'm very proud of you. Mm. Excellent. On your 63rd birthday. Happy <laughs> birthday again. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to annoy you the whole show. <laughs> Um, it is an annoyance at this point in my life. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, thank you, too. For people that didn't know, after my show last week when I did it early on Monday, I was here at an unusual time in the studio. And right <laughs> after, I had a very entertaining experience. I, I had a chance encounter with Ron... Kolick. Co Cohen? Kolick. Kolick. And, yep. and his friend, Leslie... Yeah, Leslie Martin. Leslie Martin. And she's a medium. Yeah. And she's a medium. And when I was and walking, a Reiki therapist. And a Reiki We've never therapist. talked about Reiki, but I, well, we well, it was very difficult to yeah. get to that point. But when I was walking out last week, I got pulled back in, as a as a fluke, but perfect timing for the fact that the um, show that they do together or he does is Ghost Hunters. Is it go? What's it called? Uh, Ghost Chronicles. Oh well, Hunters Chronicles, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, so it was very fascinating because I was asked to sit in for 10 minutes and I ended up sitting in for an hour. And it was great because we talked about paranormal psychology and the neurology uh, aspects of it and whether it's, you know, his pursuit. I love the fact that he pursues whether or not that's an actual reality of people right. being able to have the sixth sense or be able to see dead people or all those things. And he does it in a very serious way. But 
with a funny overtone, obviously, because yeah. he's very yeah. funny. He's a very interesting individual. Yeah, so it was very fascinating. I really appreciated being on the show. So if anyone has a chance to jump on and see Ghost Chronicles from last week, I was on it with them, and it was really fun and a different <laughs> jump off of what I do here. Um, but it was much more technical and me explaining from the side of psychology, like why people use their belief systems and yeah. culturally and how that manifests in spirituality. And that was a great mix. That was a, yeah, it was a whole great mix of panel there. Yeah. I thought we were very yeah. well meshed. I like Leslie a lot because Leslie She's is great. very serious about what she does yes. and what her capabilities are, but she is not into the. Uh, sales or marketing point part of it at all right yeah i just do what i do yeah well, it's just she, very matter of fact well and it's and she has the you know how a lot of times you go if you've ever seen mediums they're like the marketing piece but they're much more over the top and kind of into the you can tell it's got a a voodoo yeah. schmoodoo kind of thing to it it doesn't take it seriously but the three of us together talking in a very serious scientific way about energy fields and um, psychology of it and how people can create delusional systems in their mind to think that they're seeing things or hearing things and and it was just fascinating yeah. so I was very happy to see that so to be there um, if you want to see it go to Ghost Chronicles on our um, I'm sure Lou can put that up because you are the oh, yeah. I just want to give Ron and Leslie a plug because it was fun and they have a great show he has a great show and he's funny he's very funny yeah he's, um, he's a very interesting individual yes so I look forward to maybe being there again. They don't do the show on the same day I do, but nonetheless. All right. And the reason him and I get along so well is he's an extreme version of me. Hmm. Like I'm, I'm going to have to think about that one yeah, a little bit. I'm, I'm just a little restrained from being him. <laughs> I was going to say, you're a lot restrained from being him, I yeah. think. So at least in, in here you are. Yeah. So um, now on to the next thing. So... Great timing that the Olympics are going on right now because let's talk gymnastics yeah. right up my alley. So I have lots to say on that today um, for a variety of reasons and across the board of understanding how it applies to everyday life of everyday human beings and not having to be a super athlete. But so topic of the day, Simone Biles. Love the girl and she is a superstar in terms of her sport, but also just as, you know, she's 24 years old. It's unusual, highly unusual to be in gymnastics. And there's, you know, there's a couple other gymnasts that are in their 20s as well right now, females, to be doing gymnastics at this level at this age because of the way the body works, yeah. <laughs> as we could <laughs> talk about. Um, but Simone Biles, you know, pulled out of, as everyone knows, if you've missed any Olympic coverage, this is the thing that's the talk of everything is because She's pulled out of the team finals, and and then she pulled out this morning, last night there, or tonight there, of the individual all-arounds as well. Oh, she well. pulled out of the individual? She, she, oh. Individual all-around, yep. yep. And um, and citing that for her own, no physical reason, but for her own mental health reasons. And it's interesting, um, She, I don't know if she said mental health reasons, I think the USA Gymnastics Affiliation said that, but, you know, not to be confused that mental health issues doesn't mean that someone's mentally ill it's just a matter of when we put it in context of sport at this level at any level or even in lifetime day-to-day -day stuff for normal people right mm -hmm. not a, not an olympic level athlete pressure of something that is performance-based or that you're expecting you're going to be judged on or, or socially judged on whatever it is that can accumulate now simone biles is the ultimate accumulator of the most pressure probably I've ever seen in any Olympic athlete, even surpassing, I think, Michael Phelps, in mm -hmm. my opinion. Um, and I imagine she, I can't imagine what she feels like, but I can't imagine it because I've been on some of that level, not at her level, but certainly as a gymnast and other things. Um, but the, the mental health aspect of pressure to be the GOAT, the greatest of all time, right? To be a Tom Brady of gymnastics mm -hmm. and all those things. There, the understanding that people have of watching gymnastics, Simone makes, they all make it look easy. I can go out there and make it look really easy. But people don't understand as they sit in Monday morning quarterback and they think, oh, what's the big deal? If you go back and watch what she did the other day and she was on the vault and she's doing um, twisting, right? Twisting in gymnastics is very 
disorienting if you don't know how to do it correctly, first of all. But if you're, if you're a high-level gymnast and you're twisting, the worst thing that can happen to you is get disoriented or get lost in the air. And so my experience of when I used to twist, and occasionally on trampoline I'll still do that, mm -hmm. if I'm not doing my spatial awareness or if my head isn't in the game, so to speak, and I'm not really um, feeling my best whatever or I'm having some nerves or whatever it might be that gets away that particular skill is really dangerous you can land on your head you can tap out of it which means you can kind of like unravel and lose yourself in the air yep. and you can end up falling out of it like you know you're falling to earth essentially and people don't realize you're moving really quickly you're coming down with a force of four to six to eight times more your body weight somewhere on your body if not your feet it's going to be your head your neck whatever and so she made a conscientious professional decision in midair, <laughs> and, and, and as a gymnast I watched it and I can see it, yep. that she made a decision to not twist the full double. She, you know, she was going to do a double, yep. a, a two and a half, and she did a one and a half instead, which that's still insanely um, elite level. And, um, and, and then she realized that she was not in her right mind for the, yep. the competition. When I was in gymnastics competing in, in my era, you didn't you didn't tell anyone that that was going on. You just because there was we were generated with fear. <laughs> Talk about threat, right? Yep. Fear of not performing, fear of letting the team down, fear of all these things, fear of being judged poorly, being told that you're you're crazy. You know your head case that was always used. You know, and in the case of Simone Biles being able to say and be totally fine with herself. I'm sure she's having other things, I would imagine, in her head, but to be able to say, I'm done. Like, I'm not doing this. I'm gonna, I don't wanna hurt the team by me ending up having something happen to me. She made a good call, and um, for herself, I think she's a great advocate. I think if you can take anything away from everyday people life is that being an advocate for yourself, to speak up for yourself when you know you're not going to be able to do what you need to do to make the best of yourself and be able to like, you know, either reconfigure it, readjust it, move it around, adjust, adapt, be flexible. Um, you know, kudos to her. And she's getting, you know, she's gotten tons of support, but she's also gotten the criticism. And it's to all the critics out there, this is what people do to people in everyday life. This is what people do to high-level athletes. I mean, none of her sponsors are going to back out because she caught, I mean, she's probably going to even get even more support around this because she's bringing light to the fact that, hey, I wasn't in the right headspace, and she talks about it very specifically, and gymnasts do talk about it like this. You know, we have demons in our head that ride us and that get in our way, right. and, and that's what she calls them demons. I didn't call them demons. I called them other things, but there's things that get in your head that take you off your game. And gymnastics is a very dangerous sport. If you have a skill like the twist off the vault and you mess up that twist because you get lost in the air with your spatial relation and then you get anxiety over it, it will carry off into your head oftentimes like, okay, I have to do the same thing off the balance beam. Oh, by the way, the balance beam is four inches wide and four feet off the ground. Sure. And you've got to be able to not break your neck and then I have to do a twist off the off the on the floor multiple times and on off the bars so it carries over in your head and no matter you know gymnastics is a very mental game in a lot of ways because it introduces can, doubt yeah it introduces doubt and it introduces that um it's it's a real threat generator it's an actual realistic threat generation sure. because there is a danger involved that's not in other sports and unlike other sports and people could debate me all the day long but this is a very different type of um, skill and mental skill around how to do these things. And people sit behind screens and watch TV and, and make the commentaries about, like, oh, I could do that. Well, so training for, for just being an elite-level gymnast is every single day, including Saturdays and Sundays, eight hours a day, skills for for you know hot second on the floor for like a one one shot at a gold medal right but you're training all the time very different than most sports so there's a lot that goes into um someone having the ability to do what she does and all the gymnasts on the olympic team and then being able to say i don't want to hurt my team by 
not being in the right headspace and actively pulling herself away. She's already an Olympic medalist. She's already, she doesn't have anything to prove. She's already the GOAT. She's the greatest of all time, period. There's no one else that can touch her. Um, and I think that ramping up pressure around athletes in general, think of like your, even your little league teams and your little t-ball teams and your soccer on the recreational field, you know, down the road here. The pressure that you put as people, as spectators, coaches, media, whatever it is, parents, all that stuff ramps up on people and to be able to self-advocate and say, I'm not able, not that I quit, but that I quit because I'm helping out another person or I quit for the team, not I'm quitting on myself, but I'm, I know when my limit is and the, thank God she knew the limit that she was able to do that because I watched that that vault and I was like, oh no. <laughs> I yeah. knew it was like, uh-oh, because she never does that. So the pressure, she's been talking about the pressure coming up on her for the last month, you know, this and then the other day when right before the the competition, she was saying how she it was really intense for her to be there and it's like it, it, but she has such a good framework in her head and and she, I I believe, I don't know this for sure, but I believe in some of her accounts that she does see um, therapist and she does take medication I'm not sure for what for but that's great that she's putting it out there because it's taking the stigma down that you know this is what this is she's a normal person she's a normal person that's a high-level athlete that has a great I mean she's a great speaker she's really smart she's all these things and it's just this is a normal person who's saying hey I know my limit and what a great thing. So I just, I'm, I wanted to talk about that today because it has such good life lessons for living your best life because knowing when to advocate, knowing when not to go past your limit to get hurt, knowing not to put yourself in a situation where you're going to um, let your colleagues down, let your team down, let, because you have, you know that, you know that you can help them from a different perspective. And what a great I think it's just great. And, and on the heels of, you know, obviously, um, Naomi Osaka in the tennis world, I mean, having the same kind of issues in terms of talking about it, not the same issues because Simone doesn't have the same order, orator um, issues. But, you know, there's a lot of people, Michael Phelps, and people that don't talk about it. And, you know, I have many clients that are athletes that are at a high elite and Olympic level and pro athlete level that have the exact same issues and they, you know, they haven't come out about it yet, but this is hopefully going to give them an ability to say if they need to, Hey, you know, I'm off my game today. I'm off my game and not as an excuse. It's I'm off my game and this is a problem, you know? Um, so that's my starting point for today. <laughs> Lou's just looking at me like, Oh my goodness. No, I'm, I'm, conflicted about this on a number of different levels and okay. it's difficult because he can't speak to Simone Biles' mental state <clears throat> I, I, what what the I, factors that right. are you know what the factors are involved here if we're reducing it to and reducing it I don't mean that word in the way it's being said but if we're reducing it to a performance issue yeah in other words and by the way orientation like that mm. your physical orientation your mental awareness of your physical orientation right. is something that diminishes pretty quickly with with age it right, can. doesn't it? Well, it can, it can, but but it's more. I would say, just as in this particular case, it wouldn't be an age thing as much as it's the because she's a she's a perfect practicer, so she's she never misses. It's never. I mean, you know, bobble yeah. here and there. I would imagine that the anxiety got in the way of the orientation ability, which then created the the getting lost in the air. Okay. Uh, so as an athlete, uh, uh, being around sports. Yep. And, covering sports and participating mm -hmm. sports and things like that. The issues I have with this are, and you, you touched upon it briefly, if she just arrived at this point yesterday or the day before, mm -hmm. and there is a team orientation to that, that's why I was kind of surprised she pulled out of the individual because it sounded like she pulled out of the team and was going to continue with the individual. And I know gymnastics isn't quote-unquote a team sport like right. you know, what we generally recognize right. as team sports. But I'm just wondering if she arrived at that yesterday or the day before, as opposed to kind of knowing this was coming. Like, did the team know this was an issue? There was a possibility she'd pull out? No. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, for, I, from all accounts that I'm hearing, I mean, I can't tell you absolute 100%, but the 
there was no, from what I hear, yeah, there, and I have pretty good sources, right? In 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 the in on that is that there's there was no discussion of that. It had not been an issue. It had not been brought up as, other than her talking about you know the pressure. But she's been talking about that. They've all been talking about that. But she's highlighted. Sure. So, but no one's talked about that, and so the team was very surprised. Um, the coaches were very surprised. Um, I, I don't think she surprised herself. I think she's just so genuine and authentic to her own knowledge of herself that she, I would imagine she's upset about it internally and, and having her own war with her demons. But outwardly, I don't think that was a known entity. And again, not a traditional team sport. And right. I can't speak to what else was going on in her life or right. that are contributing to a mental state. Or can't even speak to this because, as you said, the inability to do this, to continue to do it that way is extremely dangerous in that sport. Yes. Well, and that's why I think that I think that her head her headspace isn't right mm-hmm. still and 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 I think that she likely made the decision cuz she's very clear that she's not physically injured. Yeah. So I would imagine just knowing athletes and doing this work for as long as I've been doing it and being a gymnast that she's made a conscientious decision that her body and mind connection is not there, and you really need to have that in gymnastics. And I would almost bet the bank on that's what's going on, that she pulled out knowing that she would not be able to be ready to turn it around that fast, her mind needed a break, and she's got till next week, essentially, I think Tuesday, to be able to take a break in her head to then come back for individual, because that's when the individual event competitions are so right now it's going into the individual all around which all four have to be competed at the same time by each gymnast and i don't think she feels and i'm speculating but i can imagine that i don't think she feels her headspace is is tight enough to keep it together after what happened on the vault yeah i wonder what we'd be doing if we were sitting here the uh monday after super bowl that tom brady pulled out of Right. That morning. Because right. my headspace isn't, you know, I'm well, not in so the right you, headspace. Well, and it's interesting because a variety of things came into my mind this morning when the announcement was made um, about, like, that and a couple other athletes that I've known that have, you know, had that, you know, the response, how different it would be, um, the stigma or not attached to who it would be, um, you know, the the visibility of what the sport, how the sport is understood. Um, and again, you know, the team interdependence is a little bit different. Right. In, for the quarterback of a football team it, as opposed to it, the member of a team gymnastics event. Right. Yeah. But interesting because when you compare it to like the football, like a Super Bowl, right? Um, the Super Bowl, yes, team, whatever, but it's, but Tom Brady, for instance, is seen as the team, even though everyone's like, it's the whole thing, uh, not just the I, but, um, but she, in her sport, like gymnastics and football, gymnastics at the Olympics is the number one sport. Everybody watches it. It's the most decorated, the most watched, the most uh, next to swimming. I think swimming second. Mm -hmm. So it's like the Super Bowl. So that they're equal in terms of their, um, prowess and then you have these two goats you know you compare right. the two goats and and it's interesting to but there's the there's a little bit you correct me if i'm wrong i will i'm not not big fan of gymnastics Happy birthday. yeah thank you uh, <laughs> there's a little bit of difference between the level of dependency the interdependency yes of the athletes to the team at this point and if tom Brady's too obvious a example you could talk about anybody on any baseball team right. in front of the world series or any football team in a big playoff game or something well, L- so- listen if tom brady had said you know i'm old i'm not feeling this right now and they had a they had an idea of this walking up to the super bowl and he was honest about it going through to the whole team for a period of time beforehand that would be one thing it's another thing showing up on monday mornings so i can't do this right yeah so, because one of the things that separates elite the elite of the elite athletes that separates the creme de la creme from the elite athletes, what we're told and what I understand in the sport is mental toughness. Um, so y- yes, so it's mental toughness, but when you're at that level, it's just such a small from athlete to athlete. It's just little tweaks here and there of like yeah. the mental acuity in those pieces. So, you know. 
and this was a criticism I was listening to this morning about Simone, mm -hmm. about, oh, well, you know, you know what you signed up for. The same thing that, you know, Naomi Osaka got. You know what you signed up for like that. It's like you can't look at either Naomi or Simone, in my opinion, and say they're not mentally tough. It takes, you know, it's just been such a stigmatized thing that you don't say something like that out loud, um, you know, yeah. you know, and, and because that's weak, it's it's not mentally tough. You know what you know what you're going into. Yeah, nobody can stand in her shoes to know that the pressure. Monday morning quarterbacking, right? Yeah. It was like no one knows the pressure. You know, I I can imagine it because I've been close to it, but no one knows the pressure of what she is the greatest person. Like the amount of skill that she has and the pressure on her to do that, and to be able to say I am out of my headspace for this. I don't know how to describe it as a gymnast, what it feels like to have that happen. Because yeah. it's so specific. And when you talk about Tom Brady, I can, I'm can i thinking of a couple games where he was off. I, I remember one, I think he was playing, I don't know, it was like in November. It was a couple years ago, maybe Dallas. But he was. I just remember him being off. And I could see it, like I was like... Yep. Right on, like right off the field, right on the first row off the field, and I was watching him, and I could feel it. I could see it. He was off. Now he didn't talk about it. I don't think he didn't put it out loud, but I could see it in his face as a as a sports psych person, as watching. And he was off on that game. And then, and, and he, we've and seen he, it. We saw it in the Super Bowl in L.A. Yep. But what came down is in the fourth quarter. Right. In the key drive, he mm -hmm. pulled it together. Right. right. It really didn't matter what how off he was during the rest of the game. So the difference now, I'm gonna, I'll go out on the limb here. The difference between um, football plays and doing gymnastics is he pulled it together because he couldn't get, he couldn't break his neck throwing that ball, right. and he could rally. Yeah, fair enough. If if Simone kept going, knowing her, as a gymnast, right, and you have that mental lapse yep. that flips you out so that you unravel in air you have the chance of breaking your neck and dying because gymnastics yep. is right. So there's, so there's, there's a, it's hard to rally back. So when I was, when I was a gymnast, I have multiple stories about this, but when I was a gymnast, there was one time I was in a competition down here in Massachusetts, actually, um, when I was probably like 10 or 11 years old. And I remember, um, on the balance beam going to throw a, like a back handspring series and, Something I remember, I can see it now. Something at the end of the beam, I was standing at the end of the beam, and something caught my eye in front of me, like I'm looking at you. And it took me out of the focus, which didn't ever happen to me. And so I tried to rally quick because you only have a minute and 20 seconds to do the beam routine. But I was so off in my headspace that I ended up balking and sitting down on the beam. And I had to ad lib to be able to yep. bring it back up, and it just threw my whole thing off. And then, I mean, the the beam routine was disastrous, sure. and I was it was is because I came out of my headspace, and as soon as I came out of my headspace, at that age, I knew that if I threw the series, I was going to get hurt because I was not in my right mind. So it's it's you know, and I would say that example is like football. You know, you have time to. Walk off the well, side. football. You're you're you have to deal with variables on a play by play basis. Right. Yeah. Whereas, like in that, you have to immediately pull it together. You're or trying you're, to eliminate variables. Right. And yeah. if you're in mid air or something's gonna miss, there's no go off to the sidelines regroup. And so that's I think that for people that don't understand like what happens, you know, when you compare the sports, they're both amazing difficult sports football's incredibly hard the technique and the yep. um the skill required to be a high level nfl player or you know major league baseball player an nhl player those are every single person is highly skilled but the there's a difference in the in this in in the actual um right. ability to have it's mental the difference, fortitude difference between sports and competitions because right. sports have someone trying to stop you from doing right what it is you're trying to do mm -hmm. so you have to deal with that that's a different mental mindset than you competing with yourself and trying to do what you need to do. Exactly. Right. So exactly. once you get out of the head speed and be out, I guess as we're processing this, the thing that's coming down to it for me is that if Simone Bayer was an individual gymnast yes. and got to the Olympics and said, I can't do this, I, I can't do this right now, or it's the retirement moment. Right. It's like, I'm just, I'm, right. I'm beyond the point where I can, I can put the mental energy needed to pull this off. Hey, little but applause, I, good for you. Right. No problem. It's the team thing that has the, 
that bothers me. I would have no problem with, with you know, like I said, I was kind of encouraged. Encouraged is the wrong word. But I, she pulled out of the individual event. So, I mean, you know, sometimes you think, you know, there can be diva situations where I don't want to deal with the team. I want to take care of my yeah, own, no, own individual. Not yeah, Yeah, because she's not like that. If there weren't the team aspect, I wouldn't have any problem with this whatsoever. But that team aspect gives me kind of a, a wince to it. But that's, again, I imagine team gymnastics and team sports I dealt with are different well, dynamics. Yeah, so the team in gymnastics, when you do these team competitions, right, her pulling out actually helped them because if she had continued her like it would have pulled down the team score potentially yeah she could have damaged the team more by staying yeah and it's not about that individual event her pulling out of that event it's about her walking up to committing to participating right. in the team event and then not participating in the team right. event. Right, and, and so so there is, so I'm gonna, I'll address that side because there is that psychological, and people were asking about this yesterday, about um, the four girls that, you know, are on the team that had to pick it up and do it. And she said, you know, you guys can do it. You, But there is absolutely a psychological impact on the fact that they all think of her as, they, I mean, they, you could, I think two of them were quoted as saying, like Michaela was saying, um, she's, she carries us. She's the one that, you know, they yep. were sort of riding on her coattails. I'm saying that, that's paraphrasing their words. But so there's a mental aspect to the dynamic of what happened to the psyche of the remainder of the team that pulled out the silver medal because she stepped back um, and said, I, I'm not able to do this because it's going to hurt you guys versus me yeah. staying in. So, that weighing of that, I would imagine Simone thought about that. Yep. She's she's incredibly team focused, and she's a you know she acts as a coach, she acts as a cheerleader. She's right there. She hasn't left the podium. She's not sitting in her hotel room pouting. She's right there in the thick of everything. Even today, men's gymnastics going on. She's there, um, very positive, upbeat. I think she's just trying to get her head in the right space. Yep. Um, so. So this wasn't a retirement moment uh-uh. for her. This is just no. I'm not I'm not. I haven't got it together right now. Right. It's yeah. just whatever happened on that vault and that was, you could see her whole face change too. So whatever happened, cause she was so ready for this. I mean, even more so cause she was ready last year and then yep. you had an extra year. She got even better if, you know, I mean, she, she added in skills that were so difficult that the day, I think this contributed to it too. No one's really talked about it yet, but I don't know if you know this, but in gymnastics, everything's rated on a difficulty point system. And the more difficult items that you do, the more points you start value mm-hmm. ha- your start value has. So there was talk about the judges not giving Simone full credit for her. Um, this is prior to her saying no more, which may have contributed, yeah. in my opinion, to this. Because they think it's less difficult for they her? They think that it's more difficult than the other gymnasts would have comparative point which is totally fair because she's practiced it she's got all these skills named after because they're amazing and she's the only one that can do them they weren't going to give her full credit from what i gather they weren't going to give her full difficulty points so therefore her start values would be the same but she'd be for be performing a higher level skill because they didn't want to feel they didn't want the other athletes to feel pressure that they'd have to perform and then thus getting hurt now this is all that scuttlebutt on the backside that I that I am privy to that's possible. But if that is the case, let's say that is a hypothetical, that that was happening, that certainly can impact Simone's thought process. Sure. That here she's done all this work and she's not going to get full credit, and it takes her. So now she's maybe adjusting in her head. Possibly, how do I not do the extras because I, why? Who knows? There's, yeah. th- there could be if that were true what I hear happened and that the judges were not going to do the same scoring and this is what was going to happen or that they didn't do the same scoring because her skills were so much higher and they felt it was going to push the other gymnast and the other teams to get hurt. Um, I mean, this is the Olympics. You're there to be your best. You're there to be, someone's got to be top dog. And if it's, you know, so that could have played out into it. I don't know if any of that is actually what exactly happened. It's just the stuff I got as a backdoor um, feedback from um, in Tokyo. So, all right. So, how do we translate this and apply this to the eleven-year-old um, AAU, AAU baseball player or the high school football player who <clears throat> gets up on Saturday and says, "Just not into it today. I got well, a lot of other stuff going on." So, I, so there's so excellent question. So, I think there's a difference between, and it's not about the level. It's about 
you know, Simone didn't just wake up and say, hey, I, I'd rather not do this today, right? It's So it's not about the high school player getting up or the kid getting up and saying, oh, you know, I'd rather video game today. It's about, yep. it's... <laughs> no, and I'm not comparing the two literally like that, but the problem is when we start talking about this situation, right. that's what it gets reduced to for yes. people. Yeah. So that's right. So it gets reduced to that. That's why I'm saying, pointing it out. I don't think that you're actually saying that. I'm just saying yeah. that, that it's it's the differentiation would be that when an, a high school athlete gets up, you know, to run their track meet um, and they're feeling sick or they're feeling like their, you know, headspace isn't right, um, that they know that there's going to be an injury if they keep going or they didn't sleep and they're tired. Um, or maybe, you know, a high schooler drank too much the night before because we know that happens too. Or something happened that I encourage... Had a fight with his girlfriend. Or something. I yeah. encourage the the person to really take a self-evaluation and awareness. Or if you have a good coach or if you have someone like a sports psych person like me, like a lot of places, you know, reach out for. Or someone that you can talk to before the event to say hey, am I in my right mind to to go forward or let me do a strategy? Not, you don't, you know, if you're in an extreme situation where it's like the playoff or it's the final or something like that, you got to really evaluate where you're really at and are you going to be a contributor to your own self, to your team, or are you going to be an inhibiting member? So, I mean, there's so many pieces that I think yeah. go in, into that, but every single person on a daily basis in their jobs. I mean, I have people that are in, you know, in their, in their normal, their normal office jobs that, you know, have big presentations and things like that. And I just had a, a woman who's in my practice two weeks ago. Um, I, and she came to me and talked about something similar, like it was a high end thing. It was going up for promotion, all these things. And, and she, her biggest thing was like, I'm so anxious and I'm so worried because I'm such a high level that I'm going to completely forget and I'm going to go blank. So we rehearsed it over and over to get to a point where she would feel comfortable enough of how to do a strategy or two to make herself look less anxious. Like we worked it through because she was advocating for herself prior to knowing right. that. And Simone, for instance, right? Simone was doing the same thing all week. I know that she's been talking, you know, there's sports psych people over there. There's other people. She's been talking to them all along, just like all of the athletes, not just her. So it's not singling yep. her out. So it's the same thing that you would do translating to everyday kids or everyday athlete or everyday person in their life is bouncing your bouncing your demon off someone else to say, hey, what's, you know, it's always those three R's. Is it realistic, reasonable, and rational for me to go down this path? Am I going to psych myself out? Am I going to not be able to perform? Um, many times, uh, and I think this is part of the issue with, you know, Tom Brady and Simone, is that there's so much judgment placed on you and us as typical civilian people in the world right now, we have judge. We always worry about, like, how is this going to appear? Sure. What is what is the image that are we worried about what other people are going to think of us versus not and letting go or giving yourself permission to say it doesn't really matter what other people are going to think if I'm going to crack my head open, you know? Or well, it, I want to dis I want to distinguish injury risk as a difference maker. Mm -hmm. If the if your child, if you're 11 year old, if you're a high school athlete, right. putting himself in a situation where there's potential for injury, no, that's a, that's a line. You don't, right. you don't put the kid in that position. Right. Fear of performance, however, is the whole fear of performance is it's something to move. move it's past. the whole aspect of sports. Right. That's the whole almost the whole goal of sport. So, well, mm, what do you mean by that? Well, the, goal, the whole goal of sports, the fear of performance, you mean that it happened, that there's a fear innately you, to, to you, sports. no matter how you think, no matter how you threat generate. Right. A game coming up. Right. You go out on the field and you play. Well, yes. Yeah. Right. And I think that so that so that's the differentiator here with Simone is that that that's you know, she could get hurt. That's you know. Yeah. And 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 she's not in the right mind space to be able to do. No, that's an easy call. Right. Totally. So yeah. that's that's what makes this one like totally reasonable and understandable. Um. But so regular performance going out there and pushing through and pushing through so your little league is going up to the playoff games right. and it's like i'm afraid i'm going to stink today or right. i'm going to blow it for the team right and and usually what because happens, there's very little difference between those positions right and yeah. what happens usually is when people have that anticipatory anxiety coming in right we call it the inverted u theory in sports psych right that you come in with 
not too little and not over the top too much anxiety. You come in with sort of the middle ground right at the top of the U that's upside down to come in with that because once you start playing or once you start engaging in the at, in the performance, all that other stuff washes away right. because it goes it passes. We've all had that experience. That's you know whether you're speaking in front of a group or you're doing an athleticism sure. event, whatever yeah. it is, you have that moment where you're in that middle space to be able to function to the best of your ability. You know, it might be a little tweaked here and there because of the nerves, but you'll be able to get through that. And that's that's the benefit, not necessarily the goal, but the benefit of athleticism and performance in 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 those things is because you're learning the skill of being persevering, gaining mental toughness, yeah. having focus through adversity, being able to adapt and have flexibility. Um, Dealing with your threat generation and doubt. Right. Yeah. And and worrying about like whether or not you're, you know, going to do well or not. Now the, now in the other side of this is when I did my dissertation, I don't know if I've talked to you about this. I did my dissertation on shame and the, Oh, interesting. Uh, um, my published dissertation is on shame and the impact of Olympic level and elite level coaches on um, elite gymnastics performance and how they, the pressure and the intensity of and what type of coaching either motivates or demotivates or adds to the ability or the um, the disability of the athlete. Um, and my study. And my dissertation found that, you know, the pressure, the outside pressure of someone, um, coach or other people, parents, because there were other confounding variables like parents and others and spectators and media and all these other things. It, what I found was is that that um, ki women's gymnastic, gymnasts would be more able to perform at a higher level without incident, either mental issue or physical injury when they had a good balance of uh, high high nurturing, high praise, healthy feedback yep. system around them, which is kind of obvious, right? Sure. Um, and that, uh, and that's what I would imagine, because if not, it, it creates shame, and shame creates the narcissistic injury of worry, of self-doubt, that you're going to look bad in front of someone, and when that happens, that's what sets kids up oftentimes for, I'll go out and perform, but I'm not in the right space, and so I'm feeling ashamed of myself because I'm going to disappoint someone if I don't, but so they go out and give a substandard performance, or they go out and they get hurt. Yep. And oftentimes you'll see, I see parents that will ask me, I think that, you know, I think my daughter did that on purpose to get hurt. It's like, well, maybe, but, you know, that comment right there, that comment right That's there funny, is yeah. indicative of a lot of pressure. And yep. people won't, they'll, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I have a parent say to me, I don't put pressure on my child to, to at their high level. It's them putting pressure on themselves. And I have to somehow show them the whole system of how yeah. the the child is a, a representation of all the environmental factors around them and trying to manage them and become mentally tough to block all those out without feeling like, well, if I, if I don't make that skill or if I don't do that right kick or if I miss a goal, that I'm not going to come off the field and get screamed at, which happens a lot. Yeah. And that's, you know... So you compare, okay, Simone Biles is able to, she's a 24-year-old woman who has seasoned of three Olympics under her belt almost now at this point, versus a kid who's trying to process, uh, you know, these kinds of things at their level, which are the same exact things, essentially, but just, you know, not in the public eye of the world, um, and having that same anxiety, that same stress and pressure to perform, and that's why... Um, we see that by the time kids are like 13, 14 years old, when when they are doing a sport, that's usually when they tap out is because that is the factor that either they've got enough fortitude mentally to go forward and keep going or they go, I quit. Yeah. And it's right around that age because that's when the pressure usually from, you know, the hockey parents, the soccer parent, the gymnast parent, the bat, whatever it is, they've pressured it so hard, so hard, so hard that the kids find like, I'm done. Plus the kids, thing with me, reward, personal reward was a little bit less because as you level up, you, you know, you're mm -hmm. an elite athlete, quote unquote elite athlete at eight. Right. In Little League, then you get the 90 foot bases and you're not so good. Right. You get in high school, you're not... You know, you're no longer even a 
great player, and if you're lucky enough to get to college, you're just a guy, right? And right, you know, well, it, it gets more and more difficult to put the time in that you need to do when the reward is just a guy. Right. Yeah. Right, and I and I think that that's. I mean, I see that so many times in people that start college and then they are just another player. You know, when they're in high school, you know, local sports is you know. Uh, big fish and small pond yep. college now you're yeah. small fish and big pond and so the dynamic changes just for those examples of like the in the mindset around that changes because the ego takes a hit of like who you are your identity changes and all these things I mean when I was doing gymnastics I mean I can't tell you how many times I wanted to quit because <laughs> I think every gymnast goes through that <laughs> on, a, sure. on a daily at certain points but one of the things, and, and I know this, when I, when I moved out to Oregon and I was living with the national team out in Eugene, um, I was 11 at the time, initially, and I remember this, this teammate of mine who was from Australia, she was maybe 13, and then there was another girl there, her name was Gina, that was, we were all there together. We'd always talk about um, quitting, mm -hmm. why we'd quit, why we want, I think this was like a normal a process, but it, what came down, and I will never forget this, is that it was always based on, we didn't quit because what would so-and-so think? What would my mom think? What would my dad think? What yeah. would um, um, certain coaches think that I won't name because yeah. they're famous? Well, you were life. the only people, that group, you were the only people that you could have that conversation right. with. Right, and so I actually don't think I've ever talked about that yeah. But that's a really big part of what we would talk about, and and I won't I won't say who did this, but there was one conversation that was so upsetting because that pressure on us was so great that the one of the girls I was living with, um, she took her teddy bear and stabbed it to death in the middle of our living room and wow. like tore it apart, <laughs> and I never have forgotten that because the pressure we were talking about how much pressure there was and you know we were getting up every morning our schedule was when we were on national team it's you get up you go to the gym at 5 30 in the morning yep. you eat breakfast in the van ride down the hill at the time this is where we were for training um you eat breakfast whichever that was then you trained until 8 30 so you do three hours and it was usually conditioning all morning then you go to school for two hours then you do a medical follow-up to make sure you were feeling okay and then you went back into the gym Oh, by the way, food in there, who knows? Yeah. Uh, you know, like real stuff. And then you went back in the gym and you were working basically from 2 in the afternoon till 8 at night. You got back to the house. You ate whatever the team, house team person made. You did homework. And you went to bed and you were back up doing it at 5.30 in the morning. And this is... Would you, and I was 11 at that time. I have to ask you the question. Yeah. Would you allow a daughter to do that? Would you disallow a daughter to do that I what, what's your feeling for it and how strong is that feeling i would if it was my daughter i would allow it to happen if she genuinely wanted it i know that i wouldn't parent i know that i wouldn't parent in a push way and yeah i was definitely pushed and i'll i'll leave it at i'll mic drop it on that one yeah. as an understatement how many of the how many of the girls are the kids at that age legitimately wanted to do it i'd say 50 i'd say 50 percent okay. yeah i'd say 50 percent because the girls i lived with in my house on the national team i would say that there was definitely 50 percent that definitely had that was they were there because they wanted to be there oh. and then the remainder were a, a spattering like i wanted to be there and I loved what I did, but I also was very pressured to be there. So yeah. I didn't I didn't have a choice. Even if I had a choice, I didn't have a choice. Right. You know? And that's, I think, my experience is common in talking with elite-level gymnasts that I've been around for all my life. Um, that's very common. Um, I think it's changed more recently in the past two rounds of Olympics that the higher-end Olympic gymnast coaching has changed. The dynamic in the gym has changed. The, it's come away from uh, in the advent of the sexual predation of Mr. Nazar, you know, yeah. Nasser, Larry Nasser. Um, that has changed some of the way that things are done. So it's changed the dynamic of the way that coaches are. But I mean, I have coaches around here that I have to help 
gymnast, I have a gymnast I'm working with right now that's continually having to manage advocating for herself when in gymnastics you're not allowed to do that right. you're not technically supposed to challenge and challenge means just speak up for yourself like okay i've been doing this for three hours i'm tired i can't keep doing it that you're not allowed to say that in the gym whereas i'm like yes you are allowed to say that you can advocate for yourself it's too much it's over the top and it's done for the day um and i think that you get more out of a gymnast or more out of an athlete when there's an advocacy piece for the person but you know, little girls, uh, you know, and it is a very gender push thing. Little girls are very molded into this particular sport in a particular way. Um, and yeah. if you're with old school coaches, you know, it's very old school dynamic is uh, well, dynamic of feminine. Yeah. That's part role. of the, part of the mental toughness dynamic, isn't right. it? You need mm -hmm. to push them past the point where they want to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. It's mm -hmm. not, we're not here because we want to be, we're not here. You know, you can't stop because you don't want to do it anymore. Right, right, because you can't just stop because you don't want to do it. Right, right. now, you have to have, like, you know, there's got to be an injury risk or there's got to be yeah. something else going on. And coaches love that. Get, oh, yeah. Get that point and pushing you past that point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and most most kids, right, most kids will flourish in that. I mean, I did. I I mean, I'd be like, I don't want to do this. I've done this for four hours, blah, blah, And then I would get the skill, and I'm like, all right, this was good. But it's it, And that's normal process. It's, it's yeah. about really when you're looking at the accumulation of the mental stress of of the sport or the mental stress of the moment of a high-end competition like the olympics the olympics is the super bowl like there is nothing else for gymnasts you don't it's not like tennis where you have the french open and you have wimbledon and you have all these places where right. you can go and be the top dog you train all your life for every four-year round to be lucky enough to be six women on a team yeah, right amazing, and yeah. it's, it's so in the national team is like the one percent of the one percent of all gymnasts in the country so you know so at that level it's just such a different animal and to be in that to have the mindset to be in that space um i don't know how to describe i can describe it but i can't describe it to the way it feels inside of me to be able to do justice but it's such a it's such a difference between what everyday athlete kind of feels than that one it's it's the same but yet bigger yeah in terms of the mental toughness that has to happen and um sometime i'll have on the show uh michelle michelizzi who's a great friend of mine from growing up with me um in gymnastics she's out in arizona now and um she can speak to it beautifully she does she can actually speak about my experience she watched my experience and she has a great way of describing it um to the uh, to the level of what we're talking about today and it's interesting because i love hearing her talk about how she used to observe my experience because I can't put the same words to it, but she can. So yeah. it's, and I always go, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Because she's able to see it from the outside. And it's a whole different dynamic because yeah. you know, you struggle to make the major leagues and you've yeah. got 3000 at bats in your career. Right. And, you know, so you strike out, you come back the next day and you do it. In fact, one of the things about baseball, it's like, there's always tomorrow. A gymnast has one routine and one Olympics. That's right. To work and, to it. To one, one three-minute span of their lives. Right. And it's very unusual to be able to come back yeah. to the next Olympics because the age, you know, you have to be a certain age. And then by the time, it, men's gymnastics is different because men, right, it's changing for women now because we see, like, we have, you know, uh, in the 20s range, we have people in all the different teams from the countries that pretty much have some women in their 20s. But typically, women gymnastic, women gymnasts tap out mm, eighteen. Yeah, bodies change. It's really hard to maintain. You may get two team. windows. Yeah, you've yeah. got a very short yeah. time, but it's gotten better because you know the the dynamic has changed and the way people think of it has changed. And you know, Ali Raisman and um, you know uh, Simone and uh, Michaela Maroney, like other people that have done this and gone into it further they have extended it which is good yep. because it shows that you can still do it at that level and chronologically grow whereas men can men have been able to go into their 20s and 30s without an issue because of the way the body yeah you know and men start later typically it's much men, more strength based right and yeah. it's not it doesn't have all you know i mean it's still dangerous but it doesn't have you not you know you don't have men walking on a 4 inch beam twisting and flipping and you know four feet off the ground yeah you know you yep. do have the rings 
Yeah. So and and things, but it's it's just it's just a little different, and um, the mental toughness that comes with any sport, you know, is especially at the high level is something that you can't really ever sit back and judge like, oh, that person, you know, I can't believe they quit or, you know, you don't know. You yeah. have no idea what it, what it is to be in that position. I just think it's... And but I, think I also think we have to be nuanced in the way we translate this down. Yeah. You know, it, it's, you know, like, uh, oh, thank God, you know, she's so brave for calling her space and, you know, I just, I wasn't in the right headspace. Right. I don't know if that's the takeaway lesson here. Because um, there are other it, factors involved. Yeah, and I think that's why I wanted to talk about it because it's yeah. not just like it's not a, I quit because it wasn't in the right headspace. Right. It was a lot of factors that she has talked about, and I'm sure she will talk about. She's very open. Yeah. I mean, she's just not going to take. But away that's the presentation, and that's where the praise comes from. Right. You know, and it's like that's kind of generally, mm -hmm. but it, again, I think it has to be more nuanced. I think you have to be careful about how this translates down. Right. And, and that, and hence the reason why I wanted to talk about, it, cause not just about, you know, cause people were criticizing her, you know, and, and the best one I heard yesterday and, and a little bit this morning was, you know, um, and I'm going to, it was, it was a group, it was a group that's on social media of, of men, um, talking about how she, Simone is a male and that they felt that she was really a man and that like literally yep and and this and it wasn't a small group it was like a large group of people and this like was spattered about like that you know that you know she was just a plant in there it was like conspiracy stuff you know it was like all this insane stuff this is how this gets spun you know you take someone that's got oh well she was she's a man anyways and not being tongue-in-cheek about it but like that she's just you know that's why she's able to do all the things she's able to do she's just small and petite but she's really a man um, and that, you know, it doesn't matter anyways because she shouldn't have been competing. I mean, so people have taken this and then run in that direction and that's out there. And, and I, I, I caught that just because I'm so invested in like the gymnastics world. I'm yeah. like, oh my God. So there's no, so... there's no basis for that, right? No. Forgive me. I don't follow, no. I don't follow the no. sport. There's no tran issue here. No. There's nothing going on no. yet. They were just speculating no. totally out of the blue. Yeah. Just, just totally yeah. out of, no. Let's see. Just because you give people a microphone. And, mm -hmm. you know. Well, that's you know they're sitting behind yeah. their screen, they're watching yep. TV, they're saying whatever they're saying. I also think that there's a push button for some this this particular large social media group that is is somewhat jealous of because the, the the comparison point is that you know training you know training for being an Olympic level gymnast is is harder than being like a Navy SEAL, right? So so there's a there's a male female issue dynamic right. competition going yeah. on there, all these things. So I think that that happens, but I you know, I put it out there saying like this is the kind of thing that ends up becoming a negative pull on something that hey, this girl, female, woman, whatever who happens to be amazing, then can't just step back from something without having some crazy thing dropped on her because yeah. wow you know she couldn't do it because well she's yeah. a man anyway you know, there's all these excuses and like well how about that she just didn't have the right headspace and until you walk in her shoes you don't know well, once you get to a public level a uh, high profile level there are people out there that believe anything absolutely and we just have to live with that reality exactly yeah exactly and okay. people who have the uh, opportunity and the microphone to expound on that anything they believe Exactly. Yeah. So, it, 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 yeah. Oh, there's so many. <laughs> there's so many things that are going through my head, yeah. right? So, and I and I think that so in gymnastics, particularly, and this happens a little bit in um, skating too, um, a little bit in swimming, but but gymnastics in particular, women are often given a masculinity slant um, because you know we tend to be shorter even though I'm taller now, but we tend to be more jacked and look like little fire plugs. Yeah. And so we have that masculine, yeah. uh, the, you know, the body type. So we look jacked or we look more manly. And so breaks I, out of the stereotypical view of a woman. Right. So, yeah. And so it's not that it's not that we're bodybuilder looking, but we definitely have that shape to us. You can always tell a gymnast, even when they're in their thirties or forties. I mean, people even like now that don't know me who met me, they're like, Oh, were you a gymnast? 
because you know, you see me, yep. right? I look like a gymnast um, because the body type is such. So we get stereotyped a lot for that. So it doesn't surprise me that this has happened with this group, but it's also like, come on, you know, it's just, it's just another layer, right? Yep. We talk about nuancing. It's another layer of this is one of the things that even if it's not known to Simone, it's something that's undertone in all the things oh, that are sure. happening. Yep. So it's there. It's always there. And that's the same thing. I was never at the same greatness level as Simone or ever could be. But that feeling was always there. There was some judgment. There was always something like, you're too fat. You're too skinny. You look like a guy. You're, I mean, I've been called a tranny. Like, like it's yeah. just part of it because it, and it's, that's a lot because you are constantly in your head working on the outside forces and that's part of what i do for my job with athletes and particularly gymnasts and you know individual sports is getting that cleared both from professional experience of how to do it from a clinical perspective but also being able to teach the adaptability and flexibility of the mind to stay away from that on a personal level because yep. i've had to do it and i know how to do it yep. um to compartmentalize it away like that doesn't matter and that one doesn't matter so you're always like deflecting like wonder woman <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the Wonder Woman, with the the brace bracelet. But that's a universal skill set need because yeah. we're all judged. Yes, on a daily basis, and dealing exactly. with that judgment is is you know part of a basis of strong mental health. Right, and and so when and that, again one the one of the things you can't control. Right, you can't control what other people think. Yeah, mm -mm. and most people spend lots of their days trying to control what other people think, which is why my answer to that is always at the end of the day. Does it really matter? Or they let uh, they let what other people think affect what they think. Right. Right. Well, that and that's and that's the piece of it is it it it's letting it in to impact how you then make your next step or your next decision or your next thought. Yep. And it's and it's painful for people. I mean that's I mean that's probably majority of why my anxiety disordered people in my in my office yeah. are anxiety disordered and that's like a human experience that I've known for all of my life and all my career that's what sits at the core really is that threat generation of how am I being perceived how will I be perceived and how it impacts how I perceive myself which creates my anxiety that's a very vicious cycle <laughs> so imagine that going on as you're running down a vaulting runway 20 meters at like 30 miles per hour doing a round off like a cartwheel onto a board that's about two and a half feet wide doing a back handspring blindly up onto a horse vaulting table and then having to do two and a half to three twists off of it and not lose your head space just saying yeah you know it it's it looks easy but you you know you're going full on full steam like a car like a freight train actually speed wise into a blind move and you make it look like no problem landing it's like well and then sometimes you lose your headspace yeah right i did a twist once and lost my headspace on floor and stepped back and split little split in the back of my head on the wall behind me because i stepped back because i had to step out of it because i lost my space mm. you know you close your eyes lights get in your face like something happens and that's it so maybe this will educate people a little bit today too on like hey don't sit in judgment on let's come out and do it and then people do come out I, just funny story I have people like i can do that and i'm like oh really let's see that <laughs> and you get people out there that you know they're like oh yeah they can't even do like a forward roll and they're like okay i give up yeah yep. mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah that's good <laughs> that's really good so anyway um so it's it's um everyday life translation is you know being able to advocate for yourself mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean you quit, it just means know yourself, have awareness of yourself, know where your limitations are, know where you need to build strength around them so you can go forward and not quit, but also know when to say when, um, legitimately. Not as an excuse, not right. as a way to say, oh, I can't do it. That can't is not the same thing. I was just I was just working on something with um, THB this week, you know, for the human baton, and we were talking about adaptability and flexibility, and I was saying to Eric that, you know, how, you know, if you're looking at a wall, you, you're, you have people that are going to say, I can't get to the top versus adaptability and flexibility and thinking, right, if, of flipping that narrative around is I can get to the top, but it's going to take a little step at a time. And that knowing the difference of knowing, okay, yeah, I can't jump to the top, but I can do it yeah. a little bit at a time. Knowing, knowing where you're at in the space to know how to move forward. 
Well, one of the bigger benefits of mental toughness is the ability to sustain the effort needed to accomplish what you right. need to accomplish. Exactly. That you know, You're getting so smart. away, getting away from instant gratification. Right. Understanding that it's a journey. It's going to take days of work. Right. It's going to weeks of work, mm -hmm. possibly more. And that's where mental toughness comes in. Right. Anyone can do it for, well, not a, anyone can do everything for a day. But you can put in max effort for a day. Right. Can you put in max effort for a year? Right. Or in a and that's female gymnast case, four years. Right. Or yeah. 20. Yeah, <laughs> 20. Yeah, exactly. Four or 20. Yeah. Right. Um, yes, exactly. So hopefully this was helpful to people today. And, um, and it's your birthday. Yeah. It's your birthday. Yes, it is. And, and Lou got a nice little cupcake. Did, are you going to share that cupcake with me? You can have the cupcake, no. actually. <laughs> no. No. You know I don't eat cupcakes. Yeah. So. Um, but anyway, everybody... Oh, I was going to tell everyone that in August... Yes. I wanted to get everyone right. I'm going to be having a show coming to you live from Montana. So I Maybe will, two. You what? Maybe two. Maybe two, but yeah. at least one for yeah. sure. So I just want to get people geared up for that so that, you know, maybe I'll do something athletic out there as I'm talking. I'll run or something or <laughs> do a handstand on top of a mountain. Do a human baton challenge. Exactly. I yeah. could do a human baton show from there. So anyway, so you guys have a fantastic week as you go into August, your last month of summer. So have a great week, you guys.